Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Greetings and welcome to Mortification of Spin. My name's Carl Truman. I'm professor at Grove City College in Western Pennsylvania. And I'm here with my usual co-hosts, Amy Bird, the housewife theologian, and Todd Pruitt. Uh, Todd arrived slightly late this morning because either he didn't read his email or Amy had written the travel instructions in in too directive a way. Uh, um, It seemed that email seemed a little authoritative. Influencing. It seemed too authoritative. Yeah. yeah. But but anyway, we are here to discuss uh, something that I was only made aware of a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Todd emailed me and said, uh, should we discuss the Enneagram? To which my response was, why would we want to discuss uh, an ancient Sumerian epic poem, <laughs> uh, but I believe that the the Enneagram is not an ancient Sumerian uh, epic poem, but is rather the latest hot thing in the PCA <laughs> for deciding who should get ordained and who should not. Is that correct, Todd? That's exactly what it is. It is constitutional now. It's in the uh, Book of Church Order uh, for the PCA. No, uh, the the Enneagram is. Um, kind of the hottest new thing uh for for personality typing um you know it it almost makes myers-briggs passe if you can imagine such a thing um the the enneagram i mean there's there's some debate as to how old it is some say it's ancient and some say oh well it's not so ancient ancient um i think what what everybody agrees upon is that um it goes back um at least in terms of its emergence in the modern west to uh some rather shady characters this, this one fellow carl who i think you're writing a book about gurdjieff no but <laughs> as it happens uh-huh. i read a huge amount of gurdjieff when i was a teenager <laughs> so I, I have heard of uh, of gi gurdjieff <laughs> and and can we assume that he uh was not a confessional presbyterian um not by OPC standards. Uh, <laughs> Maybe by PCA I, I can't standards. speak for the PCA, but uh, <laughs> he was a fascinating figure. Fascinating uh, in, in, in not always positive ways, correct? Generally pretty bad ways, okay, I right. have to say. Self-remembering is the one thing uh-huh. I, I recall of his. Uh, well, so it would make sense that he would be a fan of, of personality typing. And so he, he took this, um, this symbol of the Enneagram, um, I, I don't know if he was the one exactly who began to to use it for personality typing, but along the way, this this symbol that at some point had been uh, looked upon as some sort of a key to unlocking some of the secrets of the universe. Um, I, I suppose once that project became a little bit too big, they brought mm-hmm. it down to earth and started using it to unlock the secrets of our personality. Because what's more important uh, than than the secrets of of, of our personality? So um, it was it was brought into uh, the modern West. If you've if you've seen the symbol, it's it's a strange uh, kind of a combination of uh, uh, of an arch and a and a pentagram and. Uh, it looks satanic. I've got it on my computer screen in front of me. Yeah. It looks definitely satanic. It looks satanic. I mean, if, if we had seen this in the late 80s, 
you know, there'd yeah. be no question. You it's can't like something Procter and Gamble might have Procter used and Gamble. as a trademark to subvert Western civilization. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it looks like it belongs on a uh, on a Ouija board. So, uh, not not to be outdone by the culture, I know that a lot of uh, PCA pastors uh, clearly latched onto it and are now using it um, to entertain their staff and to figure out their personality types, I guess, so that they can flourish more. Um which brings then uh, to to kind of the questions I have for us. Obviously, this has become very popular. Evangelicals love, love fads, and they love to talk about themselves. So what could be, I mean, the, the, the Enneagram was just ripe for the picking. And so uh, sure enough, there's been several books written by uh, Christians now because now uh, we're going to appropriate the Enneagram. I think even uh, Christianity Today has has written some favorable articles about the thing. And um, but basically, what it does is it gives you nine different personality types. And so now you, you know, whereas you used to talk about yourself in terms of um, Myers Briggs, you know, you know, are you an NTJI or whatever? Now you'll hear people say, "Well, I'm a one," you know, with a with a three and a four or something like that. And um, I, I haven't taken the Enneagram, and so there are obviously people who can speak to a lot more details about it. But uh, you're, you're one of these nine numbers, and then you have like uh, a, a supporting one. There's another one of the numbers that, that will connect that, that can become a, a bad iteration of your personality if left un, unchecked. Anyway, it, it all gets a little bit complex. But my, my, my question is, First of all, just some of the presuppositions about personality typing. Is it actually helpful? I mean, I, I think it's so much a part of what we know in our generation that we just assume some of these things about personality types. You know, is, is there any support, first of all, for the whole idea? And, and, then, and then the other thing I want to talk about is given some of the origins of the Enneagram, is this something that that, that Christians ought to be entertaining themselves with, or, you know, beyond just entertainment, is this something that pastors ought to be leading their staff and, and, and churches in? Is this a healthy thing? Is this a good thing? So first of all, let, let's just talk a moment about the whole issue of personality typing to begin with. I mean, in some sense, it's a rather ancient practice. I mean, you can find uh, references to, uh, to types of personalities in, in ancient literature. And so there is such a thing, I suppose, as a personality and, and different characteristics. But the contemporary practice of personality typing, which probably goes back to the founding of, of the Myers-Briggs inventory, which goes back to the early part of the 20th century. What, what are your thoughts about its legitimacy, personality typing, about its legitimacy, about its usefulness? What do you think? At this point, not its rightness or wrongness, but just its its legitimacy. Mm-hmm. I certainly think there's a, an element in which we do have different personalities uh, which shape the attitudes we have to things. And a, a background has a, a large part to play mm-hmm. in that. I mean, I'm, I'm an English person, naturally more sophisticated than, naturally. than an American. That, mm-hmm. that clearly shapes the, the way. Carl's wearing right. salmon-colored pants right now, by the way. <laughs> That's not the color, right? They're not pink, they're salmon. <laughs> no, I think there is, there is an element of, of personality. Uh, that shapes how we we think and act mm-hmm. would strike me that one of the problems with this kind of thing is it, you know and as i say i've only just encountered this mm-hmm. but it would strike me as rather simplistic mm-hmm. that you break it down into these basic nine categories whatever it is 
in defining character in terms of nine categories, that's automatically a fairly simplistic taxonomy. Mm-hmm. And secondly, we all know that, that human beings were actually complex. Right. And we have different personalities in different contexts. Right. So, for example, I don't like going to parties where I don't know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I tend to be the guy standing in the corner, maybe talking to my wife, desperate for somebody I know to show up. Right. And I'm quite introverted at parties. Yeah. On the other hand, my job is to stand up in front of crowds of students day by day and be very confident in my interactions with them. Right. Uh, and so the, there's an element in which we're all aware that we're not simply one personality type. Mm-hmm. There is always a, a dialogical relationship between our own self-consciousness, if you like, and the the particular social framework or context in which we find ourselves to be. So my, my first concern would be, this strikes me as very, very simplistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if we allow that personality typing may have some merits, mm-hmm. there are all kinds of variables uh, that one would have to introduce. And, and I think one would need a much more complicated taxonomy mm-hmm. of personality right. Types. Right. I know when I, you know, was taking the Myers-Briggs and that was all a big deal. Mm-hmm. I have a really hard time answering the questions. Yes. And I d- didn't know if I'm just extremely self-unaware. Did, did, you, <laughs> did you fail the Myers-Briggs? <laughs> she had no personality. It was like right. super anxiety ridden for me to do because I'm like, oh, that's me. Oh, no, 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 no. That's I me. Say, I have the same issue. And yep. I feel like it is terribly reductionistic mm-hmm. in in that sense and then it thrives on stereotypes right and so it's only helpful i mean there there are some categories of generalizations mm-hmm. that can be helpful but really it points out the most extreme types yeah and yeah. most of us aren't <clears throat> in that extreme right. so i do have i mean i still haven't even figured out if i'm an introvert mm-hmm. or an extrovert well you know? and the other the other right. side of that of course is that a critical problem here and that when you reflect upon yourself, mm-hmm. that's, that's you know, th- there's clearly a bias. <laughs> in, right. You know, I mean, obviously, I you think I'm You could check what you want to be and not what you I'm really not. are. Exactly. You know, how you want to portray yourself, yeah. Yeah. even though that's not really who. Right. Yeah. I, m- I remember years ago w- when I first took the Myers-Briggs as, uh, when I was on a church staff as a youth minister. Um, my very first thought was this would be way more accurate if somebody else who knows me well were answering this for me. <laughs> but then you don't want to see the answer. Exactly. But I don't want the people who know me yeah. well to answer these questions. Yeah. I want to answer these questions about myself. And part of the appeal, I guess part of the fresh appeal of the Enneagram is that it's um, it goes into more detail than, than the Myers-Briggs just on the yeah. basis that it gives you these nine types. The nine types are the reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, the loyalist the enthusiast, the challenger, and the peacemaker. How and American. It sounds it, like a very American selection it, of personality I mean, it, no, none of, none of the, yeah. I guess if there were 10 of them, the 10th yeah. would be the horse's rear end yeah. or something like that. I mean, what a, you know, there's no <laughs> upper-class sanctimonious person there. We definitely right. have in a British right. version of this. Where's the category for the narcissist? Well, that's um, the thing. It's all, it's all a bit of self-flattery, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Like, there's no possibility. It's kind of like those handwriting analysis yeah. deals. No possibility but, that you're just a total disaster jerk. in every right. area. Right. And that's part of what is the problem. Because, because there's yeah. no way to come up with the bad personality. And yeah. I know there are people yeah. out there with bad personalities. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I just I just know there are. I've met some of them. Look, um, well, we know you've just got back from PCA General Assembly. <laughs> not to go there. I was around several of them there. Um, <laughs> and, and so, so I, I think there's a lot of self-flattery. I think when you take these personality inventories, there is something narcissistic about discovering how great you are in some ways. Um, and, and this can feed into that. Um, I, I would be interested to know if, if outside of the West, personality typing is popular. Maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. Here's an interesting thing. I've just uh, pulled this up online. It's actually a Vatican document from 2003. It's entitled, Jesus Christ, the Bearer of the Water of Life, a Christian Reflection on the New Age. Mm-hmm. It's available online. And in uh, section one uh, or, or chapter one, section four, it quotes... John Paul II, and then draws a conclusion. It quotes John Paul II saying, Gnosticism never completely abandoned the realm of Christianity. Instead, it has always existed side by side with Christianity, sometimes taking the shape of a philosophical movement, but more often assuming the characteristics of a religion or a para-religion in distinct, if not declared, conflict with all that is essentially Christian. So it's a quotation from John Paul II, having a whack at the New Age movements, the new form of Gnosticism. But then... The document pulls out an example. An example of this can be seen in the Enneagram, the nine-type tool for character analysis, which when used as a means of spiritual growth, introduces an ambiguity in the doctrine and the life of the Christian faith. Yes. What a pungent statement there. Now, again, we carry no torch for Roman Catholicism. But, but Roman Catholics tend to be more mystical than Protestants yeah. anyway, and so yeah. that's really interesting. And if the Enneagram mm-hmm. is, by some people, thought to, to have its origins in Evagoras Pontus, mm-hmm. in the early church, and the Desert Fathers, the mystics, etc., that's a fascinating uh-huh. comment mm-hmm. that uh, John Paul II and then... Uh, right, because uh, its proponent, proponents claim that using these personality types and studying up on yourself in this way and your weaknesses opens up the transforming work of God's Spirit. That's which is I thought new, the word of God stuff. did that. Yeah. And the, I, <laughs> I mean, Hebrews yeah. 4.12 kind of says right. something different. This document goes on, just quote the very next line. It says, the appeal of new age religiosity cannot be underestimated. Mm. Fascinating mm-hmm. comment. And so, you know, part of what really disturbs me about that, and that, and that even a, a Roman Catholic, who again, Catholics tend to be more mystical, even the conservative, not so mystic Catholics are going to be more mystical than a, a confessional Presbyterian. Uh, for the Pope to, to issue that kind of a warning is very interesting and, and really ought to concern um, those the, those Protestants who are in churches where pastors have become enthusiastic about the Enneagram. And it makes me all the more concerned when I see PCA pastors um, advocating for this, uh, you know, promoting it on their Facebook yep. pages, uh, talking about how they've taken their whole staff through the Enneagram. Um, just on on the pragmatic concerns, you know, Amy, you mentioned earlier, and, and this was this is part of my problem with personality typing is it's very reductionistic. So 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 you're new on a church staff, they want you to take the the Myers Briggs or now increasingly the Enneagram, and before you really know anybody. Um, you've already labeled them. Oh well, they're a five, mm-hmm. or they're an ENTJ, or, or you know, whatever. Little box, exactly. And so, so therefore, since Amy's this number, 
then I I, I kind of know what she's about now. Mm-hmm. Or 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 if I'm a, a, a number one, you kind of know what I'm about now. And maybe maybe what you've actually seen is not a so much um, a, a personality type. Is is maybe maybe I sinned in this area. And this is another part of my problem: with personality typing. I mean, yeah, personality typing will say now there are weaknesses to this type. But maybe I'm over in a corner not talking to anybody. Maybe it's not because I'm an introvert. Um, maybe it's because I'm feeling antisocial and being sinful at that moment and need to be challenged on that. Or maybe I'm grieving about something or whatever. Yeah. If, if I just label myself an introvert and I can tend to be, quote, introverted, my problem with that is that I know for a fact I use that as an excuse sometimes to avoid people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when in reality, I'm, I'm avoiding people in that moment, not because I'm introverted, uh, but because um, I'm insecure and I'm scared of people. Mm-hmm. When you look at New Testament qualifications for overseers, and, and a bit of background, Paul, I think, is critical in the development of Western thought because it's Paul's innovation, his development of the idea of the will that really opens up the possibility of reflecting in, in, in great detail and self-consciousness on psychology mm-hmm. yeah, we get certainly you have inner feelings expressed in the <clears throat> psalms but it's really paul who develops the idea of the will yeah. that opens up the possibility of, of conscious reflection on the inner life when you come to the qualifications for eldership though paul focuses on outward behavior presumably yeah. because he thinks that's the most important thing and is a relatively decent guide to what the person is like inside mm-hmm. he says you know an overseer must be above reproach Husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money, must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. Uh, he must not be a recent convert, etc., uh, etc. Et et and preferably a number one, two, or nine. <laughs> <laughs> what Paul points to there are good outward criteria mm-hmm. that are, you know, unambiguous unambiguous in the way that we can assess them Mm -hmm. you know when you come to to something like the enneagram it looks to me as if you're injecting the critical problems of Mm self-reflection we talked about earlier but also a high degree of of subjectivity to these Mm -hmm. things now i've never taken one of these personality tests but I tell you, if I did, at the back of my mind, wouldn't be so much uh, who do I think I am, but what answer do I need to give in order to get the job that I want right. to get? I'd be Which trying means to he's a number what, Todd? Exactly. <laughs> what number well, does do that I make him? Number 12? <laughs> <laughs> the challenges? I'm going to have to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would yeah. definitely be trying to game the yeah. system. Well, I can send you to some PCA churches who would be happy to, to, right. to give you this <laughs> test. I mean, all they all that Grove did on me, they didn't do a personality test. They did a criminal background <laughs> 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 and amazing to tell, I passed that one. Uh, but but it does seem to me that this is the kind of thing that one would expect to pop up within a therapeutic mm-hmm. society, right. within the context of an expressive individualist right. society. Mm-hmm. And it also bears saying that there's absolutely no science behind any of this. Right. Uh, but there really isn't. There's no science. Gurdjieff was a very well-respected scientist. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's absolutely zero science behind any of the personality typing, whether it's Myers-Briggs or or, or the Enneagram. There's no science behind it. Um, And part of my hesitancy in granting any legitimacy to personality testing, I mean, and, you know, beyond any moral categories, just whether it's legitimacy, my hesitancy there is that to me, it seems a lot like being a Vegas fortune teller. 
The things are vague enough that that you can read yourself into many of these mm-hmm. things. You know, Amy, you said earlier, you know, I don't know if I'm an extrovert or an introvert. And I think that's part of the, the key there is depending on the way questions are framed, they can almost apply uh, to anyone. You know, it's like it's like a, a, a fortune teller sitting down with you and saying, Okay, the color green is important mm-hmm. to you for some reason. You're going to find a way. <laughs> the color for, salmon. For, for, yeah, for, for, yeah, you're going to find a way to, to, oh, that, you know what? When I was a kid, da, 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 you know, right. you're going to find a way. Or, or you know, tell me, hmm, tell me about snakes. Oh, I'm afraid of snakes. Aha. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be good. Oh, I'd be very good. You should I'm, move to Vegas. I'd, I'd be very good. pulling me in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of this. How do you know so much about this? <laughs> All of this personality typing to me reads a little bit like It does that. me too. It, but it also reads to me like kind of just common sense stuff. Um, you know, yes. sure, it can be helpful. Like, And I know I've heard people say, and I haven't read any of this Enneagram stuff or taken a test, but I've heard people say, you know, it, it's helpful in showing me like what my possible weaknesses are uh-huh. that go along with my personality mm-hmm. type. And, you know, I look at some of that and think, well, yeah, and, and that's kind of common sense though, isn't it? I mean, that's my thought. It, it's common sense to say, okay, if you're this type, mm-hmm. you know, if you lean in this direction right. strongly, yeah. here are some possible weaknesses. And it's good to address those. Yes, but you and see, and that's part of my frustration with that. Exactly, is that ninety nine percent of this is common sense. Who doesn't know that someone who is very assertive can, if they're not careful, be a jerk, right? Or someone who is very passive can avoid conflict in a way that's. Who doesn't know that already? And is there a danger as well that this kind of thing can lead to a justification of sin? I mean, what's yes. well, in my mind at this Todd's point is, you know, about. I have an addictive personality. Exactly. Right. Therefore, I go out and pick up women in bars. Right. Therefore, right. I always get drunk. Just blame it on your personality. Right. Right. Uh, you know, is there a sense in which we allow the type to, we, we, we're almost, if you like, privileging the mythical subconscious right. Right. at this point. Yeah. I, well, I'm phlegmatic. That's why I don't, you know, enter into conflict or you know, if you remember the uh, sanguine, phlegmatic, um, th- there were four of them that go back to body fluids. Yeah, yeah melon- black yeah. bile. Yeah, exactly. I got a lot of black bile. Right, right. Yeah, that just sounds um, terrible. And and then of course I you need know, to be bled with leeches. That's yeah, the, yeah, that's the yeah, answer. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, of of of, of course I spoke do, do to you in a, in a harsh in way. I'm an NTJ, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. um, instead of saying, "Well, no, it, it's because you're a sinner." Um, you know, mm. and, and so so if anybody's, you know, I, I, I'm sure people are listening to this and say, oh, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal, actually, is that people hire and fire on the basis of these yeah. things. Um, I, I've been reading a book called The Personality Brokers by uh, Merv Emery, and she, she she writes this very fascinating historical assessment of Must be in an indirect way of, of the. What's that? So I'm just thinking a woman called Merv. Oh yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. I, you know, I you know, I yeah, bless her heart. Um but uh, she 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 developed she she goes through an in it's part biography of the mother-daughter team, uh Myers Briggs, um back at the end of the nineteenth, first of the of the twentieth century that developed this test. But the the point what is that Myers Briggs became a huge multinational industry and, and it still mm. is. Lots and lots and lots of money. Are made through Follow the Myers the Briggs money. It's the Marxist inventory. Approach. Follow the, 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 money. The, the military uses it on the basis of to help decide who to promote and who not to promote. The U.S. military uses Myers Briggs has for wow. years. Corporations have used the, some of the biggest corporations in the world have used Myers Briggs. 
um, in decisions about hiring and promotion and firing. When I was taking being considered for a position in Philadelphia, oh, how I wish I could go back in time. The pastor search committee asked me to take the Myers-Briggs test, and I refused. They hired me anyway. Um, yeah, that was the answer they were looking for. Yeah, exactly. That was a test. People, you know, people are not just using this as a parlor game. Parlor mm-hmm. game. It's used yeah. very seriously as a window into understanding ourselves and each other, and that's why you know PCA pastors are using this not as a fun parlor game, but as a way to to understand each other, to know how to relate to one another, um, to 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 how to understand ourselves, and and this is problematic because. As you pointed out earlier, uh, Carl, with the, uh, the, the the quote from, of all people, Pope John Paul, is there some real Gnostic roots to this sort of thing? And so I, I don't want to be like a guy in one of the rock music people who did seminars in churches that I grew up in in the 1980s. You know, burn trying, all your books. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Trying to play, um, you know, Stairway to Heaven backwards and that kind of thing. I, I don't want to be <laughs> like that. I, I, I don't think taking the Enneagram is kind of going to be a Ouija board and you're going to open yourself up. So you don't up. put it in the, the yoga category. <laughs> yeah, well, yoga is clearly satanic. <laughs> do, do you get any, Enneagram pants? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Until they start wearing Enneagram pants, I, I'm not going to panic about the things. But uh, so so I'm, 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 I don't want to be an alarmist or I don't want to be silly about this. However, however, given the fact that I think its usefulness is actually much more limited than a lot of its advocates say, given potential abuses such as minimizing sin or being reductionistic in how we think about each other and ourselves, given how it can feed into pride through self-flattery. And yes, given its origins and uh, some of the challenges that it might be connected to if its origins are distinctly non-Christian and, and operate on non-Christian and in some cases perhaps anti-Christian presuppositions, how successful are we going to be in Christianizing it? And, and I think that those are questions that are worth asking. If you're in a church where pastor and the staff seem um, you know, all a Twitter about this and are all excited about having discovered that they're a nine or a two or a five, you know, you may want to ask, don't, don't, pull your hair out and say my pastor is satanic that's silly but you may just want to ask some challenging questions is this helpful can it be problematic and to always remember um you know it's as amy mentioned earlier it's the word of god that opens our lives and helps helps us to see ourselves it's the word of god that's the mirror um not that there aren't things that that can be helpful outside of just the bible itself but but let's be sure and um and rely on the sufficiency of the word of god Well, I hope that this discussion has been helpful for you. Um, If you have a chance, please visit our website, mortificationofspin.org. And uh, if you're so inclined, uh, you'll see a a place where you can make a financial donation to the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. This is a a listener-supported podcast. And if you'd like the Alliance to continue to offer this content, then consider making a financial donation. Also, um, we are going to be giving away a premium uh, connected to this particular episode. It's a book that I referenced earlier. It's called The Personality Brokers uh, by Merv Emery. The the, uh, subtitle of the book is The Strange History of Myers-Briggs and the Birth of Personality Testing. Now, this book was written before the great popularity of the Enneagram, but the author, in very fascinating ways, uh, goes into uh, some of the presuppositions of personality testing. Is it legitimate? How should we be thinking about this? This is not a, quote, Christian book. 
but it is an excellent history of the development of the Myers-Briggs test specifically and the validity of personality testing in general. And I think you'll find it very, very fascinating. So if you go to our website, uh, you can uh, click on a link that will put you in the running for a copy of this very interesting book, The Personality Brokers. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... A family had enrolled a kindergartner, and this kindergartner was labeled as gender non-conforming. And frankly, I had never heard that term before, but why were we making such drastic changes to the way that we were operating the school? That interview is next time. Join us then. Got an email from a listener, Southern Baptist, loves our podcast, and really likes to wait for the outtakes, he said. Oh, oh there's, there's gold on those. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was a period of time over the past month when everybody got together. It was not particularly funny. Huh? <laughs> I, I, I say that in a loving way. We were going through a depressing stage. We were on a roll, I thought, on that one. We were pretty rambunctious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's our first one. Yeah. <laughs>